Hello, and welcome to Anime Audio Commentary. Today I'll be commenting on Episode 6 of Spy Family Season 2. If you'd like to watch along, then start watching now. So curiously, the first thing we do is we sort of focus on yours co-workers. And this is sort of like a, a running theme I've noticed with them in that all three of them seem to be insanely jealous of your and some of it is they don't quite know the whole situation but as outsiders looking in you know yours dealing with important clients on a luxury cruise liner you know they don't understand that she's really in a life or death situation Now back on the boat, the important thing to remember here is that the last episode left off with uh, the disguise seemingly being punctured. You know, maybe the would-be assassins can't recognize their target by sight, but you know, they know like a general description, they know what room she's in, so uh, whether or not Yor knows it, and, uh, you know, we're pretty darn sure she doesn't know it. Uh, the situation is, uh, decidedly not good. I mean, as things are, you know, they're eating in a fancy restaurant, which, you know, affords some degree of safety. Why would assassins attack in, like, a big busy restaurant? I mean, I think that's, uh, kind of simplistic. Obviously, they probably wouldn't attack guns blazing, but, uh, I feel like, uh, poison would work in a situation like that reasonably well. I mean, it's kind of mood in any case, you know. Yor made it back to the room all safe and sound, and seemingly the room has remained undisturbed, which... You know, I'm not sure I necessarily buy that, considering the assassins had narrowed down the room before. So yours doing some big thinking here. 
You know, she has a reasonable idea of understanding when the assassins will strike. And with that in mind, you know, there's only so tense she has to be. But of course, she doesn't know that the disguise is already sort of blown. And you know, just to, uh, just to put a fine point on everything, you know, we have to remember that there is a, a little child involved, and if things heat up to any, well, any degree at all, really, like, that's, uh, that's not a good environment for a child to be in. So I think uh, this bit's a little telling right here, you know, the woman telling you that she doesn't really seem to belong to the underworld. You know, sure she might be an assassin and one with a sterling reputation, but... You know, I feel like, uh... It's almost a way of saying that Yor is wasting her life being an assassin. You know, she has a family. Like, that should be more important, you know? And the woman's even saying it, you know, don't you want to spend time with your family and all that? And, you know, truth be told, Yor was sort of going into this on the understanding that they would not be anywhere near here, but, you know, fate intervened. Oh dear. Poor Anya. You know, I, I can understand her situation, you know, being a, being a kid in an ostensibly fancy restaurant. You know, if the food's really good, you just want to eat. But, uh... It doesn't exactly mesh well with manners. Alright, yeah, that's, uh... That's not good that people are being so open with, uh... His name, you know, Mr. Grey. Whether that's a pseudonym or what... Now I'm wondering who exactly those two guys are, because they don't seem like they would be assassins or really in the know or anything at all. I mean, I guess it's good for everybody that the director has a good head on his shoulders. You know, sure he's pretending to be uh, old and forgetful, but... Uh, he's definitely paying attention here. You know, this guy's following them and not especially subtle. Ooh... That was a crispy sound, you know, I don't think arms are supposed to bend that way. I mean, I guess good on the director for being uh, really direct and to the point here, you know. Answer the questions or uh, you start losing limbs. And you know, I can't, uh, I can't necessarily blame this guy for talking. You know, he's probably in a whole lot of pain here, but, uh... Alright, you know, that's pushing it a little too far, you know? Like, you told the guy yes or no questions, and then you don't ask him a yes or no question. Like... You know, I recognize you don't necessarily want to ingratiate yourself to the assassin, but I feel like, uh... If you want information, you at least have to play fair when you're snapping his joints. So, uh, here's the big issue. You know, this guy's letting it slip that their cover's entirely blown. 
of course, that probably doesn't bode very well for, uh, his life. I mean, we can only assume the director snapped his neck before tossing him overboard. I mean, whether he did or not, the guy has two broken arms and a broken leg. He's not going to be swimming very well. Yeah. You know, that's not uh, particularly subtle on the director's part, but... Uh, I mean, if this guy... Like, if he's on, I guess, the verge of being assassinated, you know... There's a time and a place for subtlety, and I feel like this isn't it. Oh, dear. So it seems like uh, everybody's been sort of screwing the pooch here. You know, he made a call to his parents, which uh, probably shouldn't have done. And his wife, unbeknownst to the director, took a little sojourn to the surface. Or to the, uh, the outer deck, I guess you'd call it. You know, in both cases, uh, it's probably stuff you shouldn't be doing if you're trying to keep a low profile. So, uh, this really throws a monkey wrench into things, you know? The assassins aren't going to wait until it's convenient. They're just gonna start attacking right now. And hopefully Yor has the good instincts to recognize that this is in all likelihood, uh, possibly not the director. I feel like, uh... I feel like he wouldn't wait and just knock on the door if this were truly life and death. So, you know, it is room service, which isn't necessarily a bad sign. Unless, of course, you know, you didn't order room service, in which case it's a, uh... a very bad sign. You know, I feel like this is almost a sort of, um... Maybe not a stereotype, but something that frequently happens, you know, an assassin disguised as room service. I mean, it works, you know. Just sort of like having a disguise that uh, gets rid of scrutiny. Wow. Okay, so things aren't exactly like uh, super gory, but good lord. I mean, that guy was, uh, like, stabbed right through the head. Holy cow. Like, you know, the darts to the hand, like, that's one thing. Like, you know, I stabbed myself in the hand recently. That, uh, that hurt a fair bit. But, like, man, right through the head. Because, like, I know, like, the temple in your skull, that's sort of, like, the weakest part, structurally speaking. So if anything's going to puncture, it would do it through there. But, like, ugh. So I feel like, uh, just in aggregate, everything is that much more difficult now because there are bullet holes and other damage. Like, uh, that's not really something you can hide. And I mean, sure, the director's saying, like, oh, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Gray got into a bit of a physical altercation. But, you know, that doesn't really explain bullet holes. So, I guess the trouble is, you know, even though they did manage to kill the one assassin, this sort of confirms for everybody else that they're on the right track here. 
And, you know, I'd imagine that even though some of these guys seem to be working together, they're not exactly uh, a team, if that makes any sense. They're, they're not uh, too concerned with everybody making it out alive, you know? I mean, this guy's even saying, why don't we work together, as if that wasn't their modus operandi before. Yeah, now he just said, uh, no infighting, but I feel like, uh, that was kind of deserved. That's, uh... I feel like that's a really good way to draw down a lot of heat, you know, just let's kill every woman with a baby on the ship and eventually we'll hit the target, but, uh... Yeah, you know, there is something about that that lacks, like, a professional elegance. You know, if uh, if you take pride in your profession, you should endeavor to do a good job. And it's kind of incongruous to say that about assassination work, but I guess it does apply. Okay, so when the director said put on these masks, you know, I was thinking something else, but it seems as though there just so happens to be a masquerade ball, which incidentally would make for a pretty good hiding place. At the same time, I feel like uh, assassins wouldn't have too hard a time sneaking into one either. And I guess the tricky part is uh, making sure you know where everyone is. So it turns out maybe the Masquerade Ball wasn't a great idea. You know, because on the one hand, they are here, but it seems as though there are assassins here. Yor is aware. So I guess the trick here is that she needs to intercept the assassins and neutralize them as stealthily as possible so as not to cause a commotion. You know, in all likelihood that means she has to avoid killing them, but sometimes that's easier said than done. You know, this is one of those things where yours just, uh, insanely superhuman. You know, hurling, like, the button from a suit jacket with such violent force that it knocks the guy out. You know, I feel like if it was hurled hard enough to do that, it would have just, uh, punctured the guy or something. But, uh... Yeah, you know, that's probably better than, uh, like, tearing one of his arms out of its socket or something like that. Considerably more stealthy. How, uh, how very coy of her, you know? Like, oh, are you asking me to dance here? I'll, uh, crush your hands. <laughs> It's interesting that she sort of has time to flirt, you know. I am a married woman, after all. You know. Man, like, that's, uh... It's gotta be rather painful having your hands crushed like that. You know, thinking about it... I rather enjoy having my hands. I don't think that's a controversial statement.
So while all this is going on, you know, Lloyd and Anya, they're just doing, uh, you know, usual sort of mundane stuff. Anya, at this point, doesn't really know what's going on. You know, she knows that yours up to something related to her work. And Lloyd's sharp enough to know that there's all sorts of wiretaps around, but, uh... We're in this weird sort of superposition where nobody exactly knows what everybody else is doing. So, of course, for Lloyd, there's another wrinkle. You know, Anya's doing what kids are want to do and Lloyd has the extra consideration of ensuring Operation Strix goes off without a hitch so you know for the sake of the mission he might have to forego what would otherwise be good parenting and Anya I guess you know she can read minds so she knows that you know hey maybe I better uh, dial it down a bit but at the same time now She's also learning about the assassination plot and all that. You know, Mr. Sicklin Shane Barnaby here, he's a... Uh, he's a pretty tough customer, you know, he's not to be messed with. He doesn't want to team up with anyone, he wants the whole thing for himself. And you know, just like, just the way this guy is drawn, he's uh... He is rather unsettling. And you know, worst of all... Like, he's sighted your and his target, so, uh, things are bad. Because, I mean, like, what happens if Lloyd figures out what's going on? You know, it pains me to say it, but I think this joke was better in manga form. But uh, I do like that in Lloyd's mind, the fact that Yor hates frogs is one bridge too far. You know, the assassination stuff maybe he could cope with, but uh, hating frogs? Yeah, that's a divorce. But the tricky thing is that, you know, Anya feels the need to somehow help, but also prevent uh, Lloyd from seeing what's going on. You know, it... Uh it's making me think here, because, you know, I feel like kids... I, I don't know. I'm trying to articulate what I'm thinking here. It, you know, th this isn't something like a kid should have to deal with. But at the same time, she's the only one who truly knows what's going on. Of course, Lloyd, the poor guy, he entirely misunderstands the situation. He thinks this is just, uh... You know, sort of like usual child-rearing stuff, and uh, he needs to ensure that Operation Strix goes smoothly. I think he's also attributing a little too much intelligence to the handler, as if she could have possibly foreseen that Anya would need a vacation. So it would seem as though this is the opportunity, you know, just sort of stick Lloyd with this saleswoman. And while that's going on, uh, 
Anya can take advantage of that to do something to help. Of course, uh... It, it is interesting that Anya somehow produces the right sort of cryptic remark to say, to just, you know, twist the knife and get Lloyd to do what she wants. You know, Anya's often presented as sort of, uh, stupid for want of a better term, but I feel like that's not really a fair assessment, you know, she is, uh, younger than her peers. But at the same time, I feel like this is, uh, definite evidence of a cunning intelligence here. And you know what? I think uh, she might be getting a little carried away, you know. Hey, Papa, try on all this cool stuff and, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. So the question now is, uh, what exactly can, uh, can Anya do? I mean, incidentally, nothing. You know, Lloyd Forger being the master of disguise can change instantly. Or near instantly. But, uh... You know, I feel like this is a rather long diversion from what is otherwise, uh... An interesting fight. You know, I take it back, you know. Sickle and Chain and Barnaby and you are just sort of walking towards each other like Jotaro and Dio. And they're just sort of walking past each other. I mean, it was all uh, a feint, more or less, on Barnaby's part. So I guess the question is, now that combat has been initiated, what's Yor going to do about it? You know, surely she has to make sure it work this guy, seeing as how they're in public.
All right. Well, that's it for this episode. If you've enjoyed it, then by all means, tune in for the next one. See you, Space Cowboy.